Smile, everyone. It's Hollywood Breaks. Dude, smile like killed it though, right? It killed it, yeah. I don't even know what the movie's about. I only just saw the trailer, but I understood it was a horror film and it's October, but... Yeah, it's just about this creepy... I, I didn't really get the sense of the trailer, but I just saw... It was all over my Twitter feed. The... um. The, that promo they ran during the Yankee game when Aaron Judge, I think was when he was going to hit a 60-second home run and break the record. Um, and I was, I I saw it on Twitter. And I was like, wow, that's brilliant. Because it's like the camera is fixed on that person, on that batter for, it could be anywhere between five, 10 minutes. And you've got this creepy <laughs> right in the camera, right in the shot, just smiling. Yeah. And I'm sure the ang- I'm sure the broadcasters talked about it because they probably it's a, probably a paid promotion. But oh yeah, easily right. Even if they didn't, it was still like if they just bought the seat for them and put them in there, and then just had them do it during like when he was up to bat. I mean, it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I know that obviously for a horror film, you're looking for suspense, drama, and mystery, right? So even if people we're just looking at a creepy guy and had never made the correlation to the film. Yeah. Um, that's also just a brilliant move because that's what horror is. Well, the other thing is it's, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about uh, <laughs> something we did once that, so this is a perfect example of how this, Wait, is this an exclusive story? Do we need to, wow, kind of, we go. not really, but so this is an example of how, when it really works because it, this kind of stunt marketing, very viral, it works really well because it, um, stays within the theme of the movie. Like it's creep. The movie's a horror movie. So you want people to feel uncomfortable, creepy. Cause that's what, you know, that's why people go to horror movies. They want to be scared. Right. Sure. And this kind of was in the light of that. Well, we had a movie. Oh God, this was years ago. It was called devil's do. And it was a hand held version based. Uh, like, you remember all those movies where it was oh, like, handheld camera. Yeah. 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 So it was a version of Rosemary's baby, basically with a handheld camera. Right. And the movie actually ended up opening pretty well. And the directors, um, they most recently did the screen movie. So they're doing really well for themselves. And I think this really, and the movie was really creepy and they did a really nice job with a shoestring budget. But one of the, we were all trying to brainstorm an idea of how we could, you know, make this viral. Cause you want to try to something like that feels like it lends itself to a viral moment or something to do. And what we, what they ended up doing was they had these little carriages rolling down the street and then this baby this demonic baby would just pop out and scare Come people on, are you serious like a hidden but, camera kind of a thing yeah almost like you know a candid camera and <laughs> it's funny because rob and i used to talk a lot of you know about this after it went down and we we're just like it was an interesting idea the problem was it was it was funny like we were watching the cuts of it uh, everyone in the room was laughing and I'm like, this is not the point of a horror movie. If it was a comedy or spoof, yeah, right. this would be yeah. great for jackass. It's a perfect stunt right over yeah. or, or jackass or something like, yeah, it's a perfect skit for that, but it didn't work. So this, the, I'm just using that as an example to say, it's really hard to encapsulate it. But what was so brilliant about the smile one is it really came, kept within the, the context of what the movie was and that, that and is, and that's, that's really tough to pull off. And I, I, I think it's brilliant that they did it. Your promotion reminds me of the uh, episode of WKRP where they did the Turkey launch and they rented a helicopter and they pushed turkeys out of the helicopter and it just yeah. become bombs over the city. Like your, yours backfired. In other words, right. it didn't really work. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. So for those of you under the age of 50, 
<laughs> WAKRP was a TV show back in the 70s about a radio 80s. station. 80s? 80s. Or 70s? It's Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, it was late 70s, early 80s. Come on, I'm not that old. It was WKRP in Cincinnati. See, I'm old too, Tim. So we can both, we can, we yeah. can bond on our, our old. Connor, anyway. can you look that up? I'm pretty sure it's the 80s, not the 70s. All right. We'll see who's right on that one. Hmm. <laughs> By the way, anyway. I just, I did mention Connor, but this is Connor's last episode today. It is. And as we are putting this together, Connor usually writes our title for us. So we should make it really challenging for him today to figure out a title. We're going to go all over the place. Let's just Just skip around to different topics. So then he's going to try to figure out. Yeah. Which one do we pull out? Then he'll just call it. Then he'll just call it nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what we usually start with anyway. Yeah. That's usually how we start in. Yes, exactly. I'll just call it. I'm out, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Drop the mic. That's what he's going to call it. Yep. Drop the mic. Um, hey, what do you think about this Will Smith push from Apple? I feel like it's uh, it's like an Oscar run, but wouldn't you? Come on. It's a, well, here's the thing. still a little sensitive about giving Will Smith any credentials or even the possibility of an Oscar. You know, obviously, Apple can't sit on the movie. They need the movie. I mean, it's... It's a, it's a great, it's a great story. Um, great director and Antoine Fuqua and, you know, Will Smith, you know, is, is a talented actor. It's emancipation. We didn't mention the name of the title. It's emancipation. The name of the movie is emancipation. They, I think they dated it December 9th, but it's in December. So they're obviously going for an awards push. Cause that's when you release awards movies. Uh, and so they obviously had to make a decision. Um, they apparently had a screening with the congressional black caucus. And out of that, they apparently announced the release date. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they do it. I mean, yeah, he's been sort of out of the limelight since it happened, with the exception of that hostage video-like <laughs> interview he did um, to kind of discuss the incident. I, I mean, I don't think that's going to satisfy it. I think the challenge for them is going to be, okay, what, what's the, what, what are we going to do? Because he's the star of the movie. Right. We can't hide him from the press. But if he comes, if he puts himself in front of the press, they're all, that's the first question that's going to come out of their mouth. You know, have you talked to Chris Rock? (laughs) That's what I was going to say. It's like, I think the interesting part is like, if you want to understand how a PR firm works and PR strategy, this is that at full work, right? You have a trillion dollar business, you know, behind this Apple, you know, the Apple content arm is not a trillion dollars, but you have a large brand standing behind a film released with what was one of the top premier actors on the planet, won an Oscar last year. So at one point revered who destroyed that whole persona in, mm-hmm. in literally a second. Right. But now you have a PR company trying to figure out when to be silent, when to speak up, when to, when something should be put forward. Should he apologize? Should he not? Cause you know, there's a lot of that conversation taking place. Do they ignore it? Um, so that part of our industry isn't often talked about, but this is a very important part of right. spinning and hiding and sharing and coming forward and holding back. All of that stuff that can be seen as a gross part of Hollywood is also a necessity when it comes to promoting a film, getting um, mm-hmm. the product out there, getting audience to view it. And honestly, people make mistakes. So people need to be put in forward. People need to be forgiven. People need to be understood. 
you know, there's so much involved in personality and persona mm-hmm. on a celebrity side, and then a product that you're putting together on a film side, right. and how those things be put together. So I think that's going to be an interesting navigation the next couple of months is how all these behind the scenes um, elements have to come together. Well, I think the biggest challenge for him is, I mean, and Apple is there's a lot that hasn't been addressed. And, you know, yes, he was apologetic, but it seemed like he wasn't at first. And that is where the disconnect is because he gets up there, he gives that speech where he kind of almost justifies it in a way. And he, you know, and he stands up and, you know, the Academy gives him a standing O, which that in of itself was kind of gross, but not an unsurprising. And then he goes out and parties all night at the Vanity Fair party. And it was only the next day when I think he realized that, oh shit, everything's turning, you know, like this didn't go over. Like people are pissed about this, that he was like, I'm sorry, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's when there's a lot he hasn't addressed. And that video didn't really go about addressing it. It, it was felt very staged. It didn't feel natural. And, you know, that, uh, that's going to come. I mean, I, I don't envy the new film marketing head, Dylan Wiley, who I worked with briefly at new line and is really smart guy and has a really great background. And it's, it's, it's going to be tough that this is going to be one of his first high profile, high profile decisions in terms of what, how do we, how do we, how do we do this and how do we make it work? And I mean, I think they can kind of look to what Warner brothers is trying to do with um, the star of the flash um, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, Come on, Connor, kick it in. What is it? Anyway, we'll come back to that. But, you know, and sort of the troubles that he's had over the course of the last few months. And the po- supposedly the movie's screening through the roof and it's getting, you know, it's going to be a great movie. But he, he, they have all these troubles with him personally. And he's kind of tried to get in front of that by going, he went to the studio, Ezra Miller, thank you, Connor, Ezra Miller. And he went to the studio, had a meeting with Mike DeLuca and Pam Nabdi, apologized for all his behavior and said he's going to go get help. So they're trying to get in front of it. Yeah. And, you know, cause he's going to get questions uh, obviously when, but it, it looks like he's, he's trying, they're trying to get in front of it. Whereas right now it felt like Will Smith was trying to get in front of it with the video, but I don't think the video achieved the goal it was meant to achieve. So I think there's going to have to be either a sit down with someone like an Oprah or someone where it's no, no limits. It's Oprah, bro. We know it's Oprah. Come on. And, and you just have to ask, the flat out, like, why did you stand up? Why did you not address it in your speech? Why did you go out and party that night at Vanity Fair where you just felt like everything was fine? Like all yeah. those questions are probably going to come up during the promo. So they need to get in front of it. That's essentially yeah. what it is. So what's Dylan's job right now? If he's promoting the film, is he talking with the talent? Does he have an authority over what would happen with an actor in that role? Typically, that's how it works at a studio. If you're the head of film marketing, you're gonna, you have, you every, all the routes of marketing reporting to you. So that includes PR, that includes everything. So, and the agents, the actors' agents, like, are you in control of some of their, the next three months of, yeah, I'm sure they're gonna have a giant meeting in a boardroom somewhere where they'll just ha- like lay out the strategy and figure out how they're gonna message this for the, the good of the movie. Because the movie tells a really great story and it would be a shame for it to be overshadowed by Will Smith's off-camera antics. And you d- it doesn't take that many steps, right? Oprah is on Apple. 
Not this anymore. is released on Apple. Oh, whoa, 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 come whoa, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> they actually, they went, they split. And apparently it wasn't necessarily the friendliest of split. Oh, really? Well, that's odd. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now I don't know if that's the other, but it, you're not going to want to put it on Apple. It's going to have to be somewhere like on CBS, a, a, you know, a linear channel where it's going to get as much audience as possible. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, or you get them to sit down with a reporter or something and they do like an in-depth interview. Maybe they could put it on Peacock and they'd get from 15 million to 20 million viewers. Or they do like a Vanity Fair or, or something yeah, like right. that. And, you know, somewhere where he's going to, you know, where and he can't put limits on it. It has to be like no holds barred. You address everything. You explain what happened. You know, you try, you, you apologize profusely. You make an effort again to reach out to Chris Rock. And, you know, that, I mean... I mean, that's probably going to be the biggest part of it is going to be trying to get the two of them together so they can actually have a conversation because I don't think they've spoken since that night. Sure. And Chris Rock is only now starting to use it in his stand-up routine. So it, it, I think that's going to be a big push to try to get them together so they can have that conversation. Um, and then he's got to do some sort of unscripted type interview to really sort of get in front of it. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the only way I see that really being able to work. And other voices that could chime in, kind of make it... Um, get some information. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm with you. I think it takes an interview. Or you roll the dice and just assume, you know, no one's mm. gonna. Well, no one's I gonna care. But the other problem is that they're releasing in December. As I said, that's an awards play, which means, which means guild screenings, which means sitting in front of an audience and talking about the experience. You can't, as a star of the movie, he can't disappear and just give the stage to Antoine Fuqua to talk about the movie. He can't do that. He's got to be there. So. Uh, it's it opens a whole load of questions. So, do not envy Mr. Wiley his job at this point. <laughs> you know, this is where I always think is interesting about how this industry works. Is that you know that moment didn't just affect him and Chris and you know the award ceremony. There are people that are downstream even now on a movie that he made. Probably we obviously was filming or doing the work before. Yep. Uh, this product even um, took this incident even took place, mm-hmm. and now you have the downstream marketing folks. You have the downstream agencies that put things together. You have the theatrical release people. Like there is so much more impacted from this one kind of key moment that rolls itself out. And yeah, when you're in this industry, to understand the history of who and why and how certain things happen is so important because you're making almost political decisions on top of financial decisions on top of pop culture decisions on top of emotional um, all this stuff comes together and that's the trickiness of it yeah but i also think it's what we love it's if you're if you understand this as a sporting event it's where all the pieces are coming together and the strategy and the purpose and the ideas and the play it all kind of hits the front end of it so or the front end of what we're what you're putting together so i love that we're in a moment where we can talk about this, you and I can talk about this and share the goods and the bads, kind of the horror and the upside of what could happen out of this thing and yeah. see how it really, really plays itself out. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I'm going to be curious to see how they roll out the strategy. The trailer premiered uh, the day they announced um, the release date. So obviously this has been in the works for a while. So it'll be interesting. They will probably already have a strategy in place. And we'll see how it plays out. And, you know, they're just going to let it roll. And I think Will's going to remain quiet for a significant portion of time. And then once the the final, the big push begins, then I think we'll start seeing more, more action from his camp and possibly an interview somewhere. 
All right, I'm going to skip now. So this is just keep on confusing Connor. Like which ones, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah. Um, I did make fun of Peacock, but Peacock really is sucking wind, right? I mean, they <laughs> have like 15 million subs. That's why I think they should so they steal the Will Smith interview. Yeah, they went, they, you know, Jeff Show was on CNBC and I guess they went up about 2 million. So they're up to about 15 million now. And their, their average revenue per user, which is mm-hmm. called ARPU, for those of you who don't <laughs> know the terminology, uh, is around $10, which is pretty good, I think. Um, so, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not in great shape. Let's just put it that way. When you look at like Netflix and Disney Plus and now Paramount Plus, which is becoming the fastest growing streamer out there. But um, yeah, they're not in the best shape at the moment. But you know, like 15 million, sure, sure, 15 million is 15 million. But if you put that in the, the context of how many people watched Seinfeld in the 90s <laughs> on a weekly basis, right? Yeah. Which is an NBC show. Right. Or friends on NBC, like you're not even you're in subs at a third or a quarter of what they would get in one week as in the viewing audience. Yeah. Like the the numbers just and this this that's content on a platform that's spread out across I don't know a hundred shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at um uh fifteen thousand people per show or whatever on the yeah. platform if you averaged it. That yeah. like the content creation marketplace and the dollars it takes to put money, spend money on making those shows and then put them on a platform that isn't getting the subs, there has to be something, there has to be give and take somewhere. There has to be cutting back in some some place to make that happen. I think, well, they're kind of in a weird spot. Nobody really understands why Peacock exists other than the fact that everyone just felt the need to get into streaming. And, you know, Paramount Plus is fastly becoming the Taylor, Taylor Sheridan channel, um, which is very successful for them. Um, so they've kind of built a franchise out of this one creator, which is genius. It's great, successful, it works. You know, HBO Max obviously makes sense. They've got premium cable channels and they've also got the Warner Brothers movie studio. I mean, Peacock has a lot of the same things. It's just everyone's like, what's on there that I'm going to watch? Now, mm-hmm. the benefit they have coming to them is they're pulling a lot of their the day after shows off of Hulu. So those are now going over to Peacock. So for example, if you watch... I don't know if you watch any of the Bravo shows that are really popular, the Real Housewives franchise, the Below Deck franchise. Most people, if you if you have like a Hulu type channel and you're not recording those from your Hulu, you can go and you can watch them next day on on um, through Hulu. That's no longer going to be the case. So that all those cha- all that stuff's going to go over Peacock. So that will be an advantage to them. The other advantage they have is they have a studio that's being ably run by Donna Langley, Dame Donna Langley, excuse me. <laughs> she uh you like to do she, that every time by the way I, well, the I, you know, she got she got knighted basically by the queen before the queen yeah. passed away she got so damed. Good, good on her so, yeah yeah um so uh and she's a former new liner so you know i always celebrate new former new liners that's right so anyway she's very supportive of sort of the dual track where you theatrical and streaming and, you know so obviously they've got halloween ends coming up next week and that'll premiere both on peacock and in theaters. So she, I think that's an advantage as well. Uh, the problem is I just don't think the, the audience really understands why they need it. Sure. Like there's no, the necessity isn't there yet. Now it's entirely possible with the move of the shows going from Hulu to Peacock, that's going to help. Um, a lot of these sort of, if they, if they really sort of look into sort of building things from the Dick Wolf perspective, cause those procedurals are hot. 
And as the you know, entertainment strategy guy pointed out in his American Viewer series, those shows still bring a lot of audience. They're very popular. Sure. So if they build into that, that's a possibility as well. They just have to figure out, they have to give the audience a reason to subscribe. That's really what it's all about. And they, I just don't think there's a reason yet. Yeah, it's uh, maybe convenience. Again, like I, there are a couple of shows that mm-hmm. we put on there. And I think the Olympics is probably what <laughs> drew me to putting it right. on there originally. So yep. they have those hits. Um, but that's Eurovision, every four years. The Eurovision right? Championship is on Peacock. So I watched that during that season. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> and it, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati might actually be on there somewhere. Oh, no, yeah, it might be. It's a classic. You never know. If it was on NBC, it'd probably, by the way, it might be on there. 1978 to 1982. So we, okay, were, so we were both right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was two, five, two to five, one to five, right? That's about I was, I, I was 35. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> just age yourself by about 20 years. But anyway, yeah, right. <clears throat> no, I think that there, I mean, you're the legitimacy of any platform has to ask that question. What does it take to keep it going? Mm-hmm. And NBC isn't NBC taking other does it, doing other things too. Like they're dropping part of the programming block in order to kind of keep the comics going. Yeah. So there's been a rumblings. Jeff shell uh, was asked about potentially NBC pulling back on the, the 10 p.m. hour and just not producing any more shows for the 10 p.m. hour and just basically handling back to the affiliates to do whatever they want with it. Um, I mean, he kind of duffed nine dodge. He said they're discussing it. It's, it's more about, uh, he quote unquote, allocation of resources, which is another word for we need money to feed the content beast. Where are we going to get it? We're losing. You know, so Comcast, the parent company, obviously, they didn't have a great quarter with their uh, wireless or their, um, you know, uh, internet subscriptions and cable subscriptions, they, they, I think they dipped or didn't grow for the first time ever. Um, so they're, they're kind of starting to hit that point where they're struggling. So they got to find money somewhere. And that's essentially what that, that's really what he's saying is like, if we're going to really build this up and, you know, make Peacock something of as a viable business, then we really have to start figuring out how we're going to make it work. And I think that's one option on the table. I don't think, I don't necessarily think he committed to it. I think a next earnings call from Comcast is going to be sort of an eye opener in terms of which direction the company starts heading as regard, with regards to whether or not they dump that 10 PM hour. Well, that's what's interesting about the, the dropping in 10 PM hour is so traditionally for people who don't know this, the, what there's a programming block that the national uh, head basically produces a lot of your sitcoms, half-hour sitcoms come to that, mm-hmm. that idea. And then the 10 o'clock hour was traditionally like a 50-minute episode. So your West Wings and yeah. uh, ER and those kind of uh, episodic shows that are a longer format were put in mm-hmm. the 10 o'clock hour leading up to the news, trying to get people to maintain yep. the local news. Um, if they're dropping that 10 o'clock hour, they're kind of dropping that, even that type of content. The 50-minute yeah. piece of content is what's also what sure. they're saying is it's not worth it anymore. The CSI we'll format is the one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, or spin it some other way where the yeah. people are going to consume it. Maybe recognizing that, you know, the way people are consuming that 50-minute episodic nowadays is really binge-watching. So you have to mm-hmm. release a, a series of them together and let people just go through the entire, uh, all the episodes at one time. Um, so that's really more of the the earthquake in that conversation is, is what's happening to that kind of genre format in the viewing mm-hmm. world. And is that smart? Giving it back to the affiliates just means that, you know, my pillow um, infomercial is going to happen <laughs> in that one hour. 
Do you have a my pillow, Tim? Because you always oh, talk about my. I'm trying to get promotional dollars on this show, Keith. Whatever we can do, I'm gonna mention brands. <laughs> uh, I love it. That's funny. That's mm-hmm. funny. You're gonna talk about gold now too? No. Okay. Yeah, I can. <laughs> this one gold coin. <laughs> but to have uh, to have a broad a major broadcaster asking questions about format process and what was honestly a revered hour. I mean, a mm. lot of these larger shows, the George Clooney's of our environment today came from those kind of that kind of programming because yeah. it was a more dramatic approach to it. Well, that was, yeah, that was, I mean, that was the era. That was basically the prestige hour. If you were in a 10 o'clock drama on one of the major mm. networks, that was your launching point to, you know, Maybe the your, next your big film step career. career. Yeah. And then HBO came along and started sucking some of that wind, you know, taking the air out of the room for that with regards to that. But I will say this about NBC Universal and the Comcast in general, or at least NBC Universal. They are definitely willing to experiment, which I think is a a big part of why they've been, you know, relatively out of all the majors have been relatively stable because they are willing to to pivot depending on what's happening. They they did a fairly decent job during the pandemic and they put movies on the streamers and in theaters at the same time. You know, they they were playing. They you know they negotiated with the exhibitors to figure out a way um, to make it work. Um, so I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, if they're looking at it, great. Then maybe it's an opportunity to shift things around a little bit because obviously yeah. you know there aren't a lot of people. I mean, linear television is still somewhat popular, although <laughs> it is on a downward slope. So you know, again, if they if they have to allocate where the money is going to go, then they obviously want to go to streaming because they have to lift Peacock up because obviously they need that to work. There must be um, something. It's a, big, that, yeah. it's a big, big, big part of the Comcast crown, if you will. Okay, we only have a couple minutes left, so what I um, I want Connor actually to join us. Maybe we can do our titling live. So we have. I don't think we've told people, everybody the details, but Connor is leaving. He's going to go off and have a, a successful career. He was in the dust in another field. He uh, he did sign a non compete, so he can't go work for any other podcast or making their titles for them. He's so. not going to the Ankler or anything like that. So um, don't worry. No, don't but worry, if they folks. want him, I'm pretty sure he'd be available to that. So let's let's make sure we tag them in this part of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Connor, why don't you join us? I wanted people to join us live and hear your brilliance of what we're our challenges for you this week. How, how do we get you? Do we are you uh, challenged with the idea of a title for this week? Oh, definitely. Yeah, the uh, the sporadicism really. You know, makes it easy on me. I I, I love the multiple gear shifts. You know, it really helps me come up with a theme for the episode and and a title therein. So, uh, you are, we are recording this. So please don't throw out some of the suggestions you sometimes throw out when we're not recording it. Let's, (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, part of the fun and games too. We also don't, PG, it's PG related. (laughs) We also don't include all the title takes. So, you know, yes, that is true. Intro takes. So. But Connor, honestly, Keith, Connor is our studio audience. So we are recorded yes, in front of do. a live studio. We do record it. Well, singular. We singular studio audience, audience of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't mention that part. Because, you know, my audio on laughing in the background because you guys be like deafened in your uh, AirPods there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as we're doing there it. There you go. Yeah, as we're doing it. Yep. All right. What do you got, Connor? Let's throw out some titles, see what we go with here. So I think uh, I think we should incorporate something with like Will Smith and you know smithing is also a verb. So oh, you know and incorporate them, you know so like 
peacock. Smithing is a verb. Yeah, like blacksmithing. You know, like that's where the, oh, that's where the term. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like right. you know, so you know, like you know, uh, peacock smith. That's homeschool, Keith. That's homeschool. You learn <laughs> verbs. It's really interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I'm public school kid. I'm I'm a moron. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Peacock Smith's new Showtime hours, you know, stuff like that, you know, really incorporates it as a oh, verb. Oh, I see. Trying Ooh, to yeah. verbify it. Verbify yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, Smith's firm. Okay, try again. We got to find something else. I like the idea <laughs> okay. of smithing. Smithing's interesting. All right. All right. Should we stick with Peacock then? Mm-hmm. You could do something like Apple. Will Smith Smith's Smith new PR campaign? Or Apple Smith's Holly or the award season or something like that. There you go. Can't can Apple well no, this you're not gonna get this, but like can Apple Smith themselves an Oscar? Like that kind of thing, right? That's where because the smithing is a Oh well they already won working one, Tim. And they already won I one. I know, but it doesn't who cares if we're not telling history, Keith. We're making a title for a show and the idea of I'm not saying you're telling metal. history. I'm just saying like maybe can <laughs> Apple Smith another Oscar? That's it. We did it. All right. Yeah. See, it's a team effort. So even if I uh, put the final product, we get the ball. I think we're going to have to help Michelle, our our producer, with the spelling on Smith. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm not sure. I think I know. Me too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool. We got a winner. Well, Connor, we appreciate all the help you've done on the last 105 episodes. Here, here. Good work, man. Thank you. Godspeed. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, wherever you're going next, maybe they'll let you tune in on Friday mornings when we record this. So <laughs> I'll see what I can arrange, you know, see if I can make it happen. Maybe you can gather some of the co-workers around and watch it with us and we can have, we can grow <laughs> our audience. Yeah. We can have a live studio audience literally this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it, kiddo. No, thanks. Good luck to you publicly. You already know we wish it to you already, but thank you. Uh, until next time. And uh, Keith, we got to at some point get Connor to go to the Liberty Bell bar, bar. with us. And yeah. Well, you got to bring, you got to bring your, yeah, Connor and then Brendan. Brendan. Yeah, Brendan's oh, the other one that hasn't. Yeah, right? I haven't met him yet. <laughs> He's the only one of your, of your, of your, your boys I haven't met yet. So we got to take them all off. He's not in the industry. He's an engineer. So I think he's... Yeah. I mean, perfect. You look at all the old buildings and how they, they're still standing. That's, you can make it part of his, you know. He, he would love to. It'll make sense. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you are watching this show and, and you appreciate all the work that Connor's done, we just ask you to su- subscribe right now to this. Become a follower wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you enjoy it. And Keith is coming up with, on a weekly basis, the industry's best newsletter Next to the Inkler, who might be a possible sponsor, so I'm not going to. Yeah, I got to be <laughs> careful with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't want to, don't want to talk too much to their audience. Keith, where can people find your newsletter? I, w- I want to know. Get more people. Uh, you can find it. In the, it's called the Founders Brew. You can find it on Substack under Founders Brew. You can find it on my website, visioncraftbrew.com. There's a place to subscribe there. Uh, you can also go to my LinkedIn page, which has ways to subscribe, and on my Twitter, which is real Keith D Rao at real keep derail um you can also subscribe there as well connor did you get all that you're gonna be a follower yeah Uh, i was taking notes yeah (laughs) (laughs) looked like you were taking notes yeah (laughs) all right we'll see you later all right see you next week